The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I am here today with you to talk about Maxwell Lord. Before you know that, I'd like to thank Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And I also want to thank you for tuning in once again. I know I thank you a lot, but I will continue to do so until my dying breath, because it is you, you dear gentle listener, that gives me a platform. A platform to talk about the thing I love. One of the things I love most. Probably say one of, since I'm married and all. <laughs> one of the things I love most, which is comic books and comic book related things. Uh, some interesting news in the industry coming out today. A lot of uh, cool news, actually. Uh, the Star Wars Extended Universe is getting even bigger. With the popularity of The Mandalorian, they announced a bunch of new series and some additional information about series we already knew were coming down the pipeline. Uh, they announced that uh, Hayden... Oh... Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan series on Disney+, Plus, which is pretty cool. They announced the Andor series is going, the Cassian Andor series. They announced a spinoff from The Mandalorian starring Ashoka, called Tano, I believe, or it might be called Ashoka. Um, and uh, some, a, a New Republic show, I think, which is probably centering around Cara Dune, I believe. I think it's called, like... Um, Rangers of the New Republic, or something to that effect. So, uh, yeah, there's some cool new information coming out there. There's also some stuff from Marvel uh, related to the What If series they have coming. There's an unnamed, I guess, Nick Fury series in the mix, as well as WandaVision, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, uh, She-Hulk, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, some really cool information in the extended universe. And man, oh man, what a time to be a fan. A fan of, of comics, a fan of Star Wars, a fan of nerdy things in general. We get to celebrate, we get to see some of our, our beloved characters on the big screen being given a lot of cool, uh, a lot of justice, I'd say. Like Marvel and Star Wars, especially lately, um, like The Mandalorian has been knocking it out of the park, especially with kind of folding in things from The Clone Wars and other sideshows, uh, extended universe stuff which is now being made canon because it's appearing in The Mandalorian, such as the arrival of Dark Troopers and the announcement of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, which, you know, has been just mentioned, but it's cool that he's in there. Stuff like that. The Dark Troopers are really cool to see in a live-action series, and I'm not going to talk much about that because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen the show, but they do appear. I don't think that's much of a spoiler at all, really. However, there's some really cool stuff going on on that show. If you're not watching it, man, oh man, you're missing an amazing, amazing show. And I can't talk enough about it. Yes, so, uh, as well as things going on in the comic world, not a whole lot, kind of business as usual, as it would seem. However, things are kind of ramping up for the holiday season. Are you ready for Christmas? Have you finished all of your Christmas shopping? Are you ready? I hope so. I hope uh, I hope that you've been good this year. I hope Santa's good to you and your family. 
I hope that you are able. I know with this COVID world we live in right now, things aren't going to be quite conventional when it comes to the holiday season. And seeing loved ones and family might be a bit difficult, depending on where you live and what the regulations are in that area. Nova Scotia, we have some fairly liberal uh, regulations at the moment because the cases are so low. If you live in the Halifax area, it is a bit more restricted. However, out where I live, we're allowed to have gatherings of 10 people indoors. We're allowed to go to restaurants as long as we wear masks when we're not sitting at our table. We're allowed to go to gyms as long as we wear masks we're not actively working out. And a lot of the things that we enjoyed before this kind of pandemic came around, we get to enjoy just with a few extra steps, which is very nice. And it is a... Uh, I have my issues with our current premier, Stephen McNeil. Most of them related around the film industry. However, I am quite impressed with the lengths they've gone to to keep Nova Scotia fairly healthy uh, when it comes to COVID particularly. And it seems to be doing well. It seems like when things spike up, they're pretty good to keep on top of it and put regulations in place to you know, get it back down again. And it, it seems like things are starting to settle back down in the Halifax region and that people live in that area are going to be able to enjoy Christmas, hopefully. So I don't want to speak too soon, fingers crossed, but it seems like that day is coming. So very excited to hear that. I hope you are ready to learn all about Maxwell Lord. As I mentioned earlier, I talked to Gusht, if you will, about the Mandalorian, the star of that, that series, uh, Pedro Pascal, who you may know from Game of Thrones as Oberon or from the Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, or The Equalizer 2, or a bunch of other uh, movies and stuff that he's been involved in. He is appearing in the Wonder Woman 1984 movie, which will be debuting on HBO Max and in theaters on Christmas Day. Uh, so our he will be playing Maxwell Lord, who is the character that we will be displaying today. Pascal's a great actor, and I'm really excited to see what he brings to that character, because the character is quite the evolution in the DC Universe, and you will learn all about it in a few moments so make sure to uh subscribe if you're following us on one of the normal stitcher Castbox, spotify apple uh, podcast any of those things please be sure to subscribe because it lets me know you're out there and you're listening and uh, i can count you amongst the the select few that get to enjoy this podcast so uh, please subscribe please tell your friends please share some of my links if you can i don't want to be overly pushy but it would be nice to to, you know expand my base a little bit so i really appreciate those who have been following me from the start and those who are new to the series i hope you enjoy learning a little bit about the comic book characters that a lot of these big uh, franchises are including and in, in getting to know their graphic histories long before they you know have a uh, a film history or a tv history so i appreciate it but without much further ado let's get into tonight's episode episode number 33 maxwell lord Maxwell Lord was introduced as an up-and-coming executive at a major corporation known as Innovative Concepts who would indulge in any means necessary to reach the top of the corporation. To that end, Lord established a friendship with the CEO of the company and became his protege to rise in the ranks of the corporation before concocting a plan to murder the CEO for his position in a cave-spelunking expedition. The CEO was nearly killed after plummeting to near death without Lord's influence, which caused Lord to have a change of heart to save his employer. During the attempt, Lord was abducted by a renegade alien computer owned by Metron and was possessed by the intelligence called Kilgore. 
Kilgore wanted Max to set up a worldwide peacekeeping organization as part of its plan to dominate the world. To that end, the computer's programming and knowledge helped Lord become one of the world's richest men and create the multinational company dubbed Maxwell Lord Enterprises. Lord helped in the establishment of the Justice League International and became their benefactor initially as part of the Kilgore scheme of planetary domination. He set up a disturbed would-be terrorist as a villain for the League to defeat, resulting in the man's death. The would-be terrorist believed he had a bomb connected to his heartbeat, but in fact, Max had disconnected it. For a while, Lord was constantly manipulated by Kilgore into furthering his plans until Metron came to reclaim his computer. Lord eventually broke free from Kilgore and destroyed the construct. Originally as a normal human, Lord was one of many of Earth's gifted with superpowers during the invasion, when a gene bomb was exploded by an alien race known as the Dominators. The bomb activated the latent metagene present in a small percentage of Earthlings. Lord gained the ability to sense and control the minds of others, albeit at great difficulty. After he was shot and placed in a coma, Dream Slayer, a supervillain who, with the aid of the extremists, a team of robotic servants, had once destroyed all life on their planet, took over Lord's body and supercharged his power, allowing him to control thousands of minds at once. Using Lord's body and power, he caused the JLI to lose its charter and almost forced them to disband. Finally, however, while the possessed Lord forced the JLI to battle itself, the mortally wounded Silver Sorceress managed to contain Dream Slayer and held it within her mind as she died, taking it with her. And while Lord was freed, his power was burnt out. Later, Maxwell was diagnosed with a brain tumor and seemingly died. Kilgore, however, had been waiting patiently for the right moment to reactivate its control of Lord and downloaded its consciousness into a duplicate of one of the extremist robots, Lord Havoc. In this form, he spent some time testing the League for unknown reasons. He also took control of the secret organization known as the Arcana. His cyborg body later somehow came to resemble his original form. He pulled together several former JLA members, including Elrond, Captain Adam, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and Fire as super buddies, advertised as the heroes the common man could call. Due to the effects of the Infinite Crisis event on the timeline, Lord was no longer a cyborg, and apparently a criminal mastermind who spent years running the JLI, gathering sensitive information about the world's superheroes, whom he considered a threat to the planet. In this continuity, he rose to power and corporate status as a result of his father's death and mother's prodding towards controlling superhumans and establishing dominance against enemies. To that end, he manipulated the events that led to the formation of the Justice League International, while at the same time he sabotaged JLI's efforts in order to render the superhero team as ineffectual as possible. After the destruction of Coast City and the death of his mother, Lord went about using his mental powers and resources to work his way up into the Checkmate organization and establish control over the metahuman community for the sake of protecting the world from their influence. At the end of the prologue special issue, he shoots and kills one-time JLI member Blue Beetle when the hero discovered Lord's secret and refuses his offer to join him. During this time, Lord was given control of Batman's Brother Eye project, created to monitor all superhuman contact. Batman had grown paranoid when discovering the JLA had mind-wiped him by Alexander Luther Jr., the godlike son of Lex Luthor from an alternate Earth. Taking it over and creating an army of cyborgs called Omax, humans infected with a virus that transformed them into one-man army corps, they were programmed to hunt down and kill all superhumans. He also used his powers to influence Superman's mind, causing him to brutally beat up Batman and attack Wonder Woman, believing them to be his old enemies, Brainiac, Darkseid, Ruin, and Doomsday. 
This is significant because Maxwell was never before shown to actually be able to cause full-blown hallucinations through his minor psionic powers, which Maxwell explained was the result of subtly placing numerous mental controls over Superman over the years in secret. After barely escaping from Superman, Wonder Woman confronted Lord and bound him in her lasso of truth, demanding he tell her how to free Superman. Lord tells her she has to kill him, and then she snaps his neck. In response, as Lord predicted, Brother I cast the footage of Wonder Woman executing Lord all over the world, destroying her reputation and her friendship with Batman and Superman, who rejected her despite the fact that she saved their lives. In the Blackest Night storyline, Maxwell Lord is shown to be one of the bodies entombed below the Hall of Justice. Lord's dead body is revived as a Black Lantern during the time of the Blackest Night. He targeted Wonder Woman and lured her to Arlington National Cemetery with a trail of slaughtered bodies. When she arrived at the scene, he sprung a trap on her and used the black rings to revive the dead corpses of the men he had just killed and left as a trail. Wonder Woman used her lasso to destroy Max and turn the other undeads to dust, but as she leaves, the dust starts to regenerate into the former shells of the undead bodies. A while later, Max resumes his attack on Wonder Woman after she turned into a star sapphire, and she encases his body in a violet crystal that shatters and explodes. Maxwell continues to taunt her, his mouth speaking, out of a part of the crystal. Lord was later brought back to life by the power of the white light entity, along with other heroes and villains who stood wondering how they were brought back to life. Guy Gardner tries to restrain him, but Max convinces Guy to let him be, and he escapes to parts unknown. Lord later used his powers, amplified by a machine, to cause the world to forget his existence, and went about stealthily reforming and leading an all-new Justice League International across every corner of the world from behind the scenes, while resuming control over Checkmate using Mole's place in the organization. However, he discovered his resurrection came with an unsavory effect of turning those he tried to mentally control into zombified creatures. So he went about completing his mission of preventing a metahuman war caused by Magog, bestowed by the White Lantern Entity, to fix this curse. To that end, he manipulated and framed Magog and Captain Adam for the murder of a thousand people in Chicago before making Magog commit suicide, earning his life by preventing the metahuman war and correcting his powers to continue his plans. Along the way, he would study and reevaluate the functionality of his OMAX while looking over a great many other assets the Checkmate organization had in preparation of pursuing his true goal, to fulfill his vendetta against Wonder Woman and murder her as revenge for initially causing his own death. He commandeered the expertise of Professor Ivo to incorporate the neural receptor spontaneity of the Metal Men, utilizing the genetic variability of Cadmus and the Creature Commandos project, and cloning technology to construct the OMAC Prime to destroy Wonder Woman. During his efforts, Lord was confronted by Power Girl, who managed to extract her using a clone he had made from her DNA collected by Crash and created by Dr. Savannah, before escaping her notice by attacking her with a Red Sun Energy Laser Cannon. It was later revealed he mentally controlled Donna Anderson, the chief financial officer of Power Girl's Starware Industries, to convertly embezzle more than $50 million from the company and illegally sign away many of Starware's intellectual property rights and technology before killing Donna by staging a death by drug overdose. Lord then mentally controlled Power Girl into attacking the Justice League International before sending OMAC Prime and an army of OMAC sentries to New York City and Los Angeles to destroy Wonder Woman, but was defeated thanks to the efforts of the Justice League International. He managed to escape after being forced by Captain Adam to undo his mental spell over the world that caused nearly everyone to forget his existence and his deeds. Lord then sent out a live feed proclaiming leadership of Checkmate as a rogue organization and swearing to continue attempting to police metahumans in a manner less overt and behind the scenes, 
all while denying his previous crimes. After the DC Universe underwent another continuity shift, Maxwell Lord IV was born to a wealthy businessman named Albert Lord and his wife Maxine in the town of Marblehead. From an early age, Lord developed limited psionic powers, which allowed him to persuade people into doing things they would normally do. However, this process gave Lord frequent nosebleeds. When Maxwell was a teenager, his father killed himself after he realized that the weight loss medical pills that made his fortune off of were giving people cancer. At his father's funeral, Maxwell was told by his mother that his father was too compassionate and weak, and she would have covered the incident up instead of admitting to the problem. Maxine made her son swear to deprive people of power that he deemed unworthy at all costs. After his graduation from college, Maxwell joined Checkmate, a global peacekeeping organization, and quickly rose up the ranks until he obtained the second highest rank in the organization. On one occasion, Checkmate headquarters was attacked by cultists of the demon Trigon. During the attack, Maxwell and one of the joint leaders of Checkmate, Jason Cameron, were pinned down alone with the monks. Seeing his opportunity to climb the corporate ladder, Lord persuaded Cameron to use several grenades to suicide bomb the cultists and end the conflict. In the aftermath of the skirmish with the cultists, Lord was promoted to one of the multiple leaders of Checkmate, though he immediately incriminated the other leaders to become the sole head of the organization. As the Black King and director of Checkmate, Lord earned a reputation for not being able to work well with others and creating conflicts with their organizations. During the invasion of Earth by the alien conquerors of Apocalypse, Lord managed to make his organization the exclusive police force in human-superhuman relations and was given full command of the military forces working against the aliens. After the invaders were defeated by the newly formed Justice League, a new organization known as Argus was formed to liaison with the League. The formation of this organization took a lot of power away from Lord and his organization, causing Maxwell to hold a grudge against the League from that point on, first stalling his rise to power. Due to fluctuations to the timeline, some events from his previous timeline were retroactively said to have happened in Lord's history. At one point, Lord was killed by Wonder Woman for threatening metahumans as he saw them as a danger to mankind. Lord was briefly revived as a Black Lantern during the Blackest Night, though he would be revived completely by the White Light Entity during the Crisis Climax. Following his resurrection, Lord would resume his position as the head of Checkmate. In the five years following the League's formation, Checkmate had gone international and was known as a global peace agency. Lord, still its leader, became the executive commissioner of the experimental OMAC initiative, having imprisoned the sentient satellite Brother I. I turned on Lord and began using OMAC to attack the Project Cadmus facilities. Lord sent a team of elite agents after OMAC, one led by Sarge Steele and another by an agent named Mokery, but they were both unsuccessful. Trying to get the operation under control, Lord called in Shade to help deal with the threat, but even their agent Frankenstein couldn't stop OMAC. Brother I, fighting back, attempted to assassinate Lord with an employee of Court Industries, and their conflict grew personal. Max eventually destroyed Brother I by outsmarting him with magnetizing weaponry. Having neutralized the real threat, Lord determined that Omak, the person, was harmless and let him go. Sometime later, Lord was imprisoned and interrogated by Amanda Waller for attacking one of her prison transfer trains. During this interrogation, Lord managed to use his mental powers to force Waller to tell him the location of the Catacombs Superhuman Prison in Death Valley, California, where Waller kept the most dangerous criminals from her Suicide Squad project. Lord then used his powers to manipulate his way out of Waller's compound and to his parents' graves, promising to take the undeserved power away from the League and Waller. Lord went to work locating the catacombs of Metahuman Prison. Once he found it, he freed the first Suicide Squad from their cells and convinced them to work for him in his plans to murder Waller. Lord and his new team infiltrated and slaughtered an island of shamans, sworn to protect world-breaking secrets, revealing the location of a weapon he would use to fight the Justice League known as the Heart of Darkness. 
Upon clashing with both the Justice League and the Suicide Squad, Lord revealed the artifact that he had stolen and unleashed it, giving him all the power of his entity, Eclipso. Lord used his new power to eclipse the Justice League under his command. Lord used the mind-controlled Justice League to dominate the U.S. Capitol and moved into the White House, contemplating his next move. Lord had Superman bring Amanda Waller to him so she could be bragged to about his victory. But Waller forced Lord to lose control of the Heart of Darkness and become completely possessed by the spirit of Eclipso. Killer Frost managed to purge Eclipso's essence from Lord's body, finally ending the conflict, and the madman was taken into Waller's custody. Lord later woke up inside a power-dampening jail cell and learned that his entire plan had been manipulated by Waller from the start. Every move he made was calculated by Waller and ahead of time, even revealing the location of the first Suicide Squad so that Waller's squad would gain a better reputation with the Justice League. Lord Furious was kept under Waller's control as she invited him to join a new Suicide Squad known as Task Force 11. When Brainiac abducted the heroes of Earth to have them fight the Omega Titans, Waller deployed Task Force 11, a team of all telepaths, to extract information from his brain. However, the psychic link was too overwhelming and Brainiac died as a result. He was later transferred to a prison where he was kept under constant surveillance. His brain activity was monitored and he was made powerless with an inhibitor collar. His fellow prisoners started to riot that attracted the attention of Wonder Woman. He made a group of them stab each other when she confronted them and told her to be grateful since he had saved her. The United States Army arrived soon to imprison him once again. Maxwell was later allowed to follow Diana along in helping her shut down a mobile app developed with proprietary technology of the Lord's company that was causing mass hallucinations among the public and helped snap Wonder Woman out of her own hallucination, claiming to have changed after finding his battle against the metahumans meaningless ever since the fall of the Source Wall. As he assisted the United States military to shut down the app and destroy the servers, he was granted release in exchange for his help. Max later assisted Diana in stopping many incidents from turning tragic, and when asked why he changed, he responded that he had seen his path would lead to his death. As they were traveling, their car was ran by a military vehicle, and he learned that it was his own daughter, Emma, manipulating people. Emma was trying to impress her father, giving him the means to kill Wonder Woman, but Lord decided to not side with her, instead helping Diana and defeating her. At last, Emma was able to read in his mind, finding out what made him change his views. He had a vision while observing the source wall break, a vision depicting another version of himself getting his neck snapped by Wonder Woman. With the words of his newfound daughter in his mind, Lord started to think again about what he would do as the vision provoked by the source wall cannot leave his mind. Keeping his struggles for himself to not raise suspicions, Lord accepted the offer of the United States Army to get free on parole, becoming a resource for Etta Candy to deploy. graphic history of Maxwell Lord. Excited to see what they do with him in the Wonder Woman film. I imagine big, exciting things are in store. The initial reactions to that film are out from critics, and they have been overwhelmingly positive, saying it's very nostalgic, it's very hopeful, it's a bright, fun superhero movie with a great heart, and if you like the first one, you'll love this one, which means I will be very happy uh, when I see it, I'm sure, because it, the first one was a lot of fun, very well done film. I'm excited to see what they do in the sequel. Also, I'm excited to see Kristen Wiig play villain. So uh, we did an episode of Cheetah earlier. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, you can get Cheetah's graphic history. However, seeing her in the Wonder Woman film is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So very excited. All right, so next week, in the true fashion of the holiday season, 
we will be talking about the graphic history of Santa Claus. As you see, the Marvel Universe does have a Santa Claus who has popped up in comics over many, many decades, and we will go through his history in the Marvel Universe, which is very exciting. I'll give you a little hint. At one point, Santa Claus wields the Infinity Gauntlet. That doesn't get you interested. I don't know what else can. <laughs> but we will be delving into the graphic history of Marvel Comics' Santa Claus. So I hope you enjoy that next week. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm a, I like Christmas, and I, I like the Santa mythos, so I think it'll be really interesting to kind of pull apart his uh, involvement in the Marvel Universe, and I hope you will enjoy that as well. So tune in next week, Saturday at around 7 a.m. My time is when it drops, so Saturday morning. You will have a new episode of the Graphic Histories Podcast, and please make sure to subscribe. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time.